Merry Christmas, St. John's Church family and friends. My name is Tom. I am the pastor here, and I want to welcome you once again to our Christmas Eve worship service at St. John's. Uh, now, I'm actually not at St. John's. I'm at my home, the DeGroote home, right here in front of our Christmas tree. And the reason why is I figured for those of us who are worshiping online this Christmas Eve, you're inviting us into your home, and so I wanted to invite you into the DeGroote home as well. So welcome to my living room. Um, what a privilege it is that we get to worship together this Christmas and in all the different ways that we can. And so thank you for joining us. And would you turn to God's word with me? If you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to open it up. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Now there's something that you may or may not know about me and that is that I am a bit of a planner. Now, when I say that, it's not that I'm the most organized of people, but, but I like to know what's coming before we get there. I've never been a big fan of surprises. Big surprises, small surprises, surprises like this fall when our furnace died and we had to replace it, or small surprises like when they forget to put the mushrooms on the pizza that I ordered. At the same time, I've lived long enough that I know that life is full of surprises. Now, sometimes I have different words to describe these interruptions, but I know that they're a part of life. And yet even if I know this, I still plan. I still have all kinds of plans and I still get frustrated when my plans are interrupted. And so I think it would be safe to say that the year 2020 has been deeply frustrating for any of us who are planners like me, which I think is probably most of us. It's been an entire year of colossal interruptions. And so I want to ask a question, a question that I've heard over and over and over again over the course of this year. It's, it's this, where is God in the interruptions? Where is God in the interruptions? And to find the answer, we're going to turn to our scripture reading we read just a second ago. It's the story of Christmas, the birth of Jesus. And I think what you'll find as you look is that there are actually quite a few interruptions to be found. Let's look at verses 18 and 19 again. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. 
Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, you can imagine the roller coaster of emotions that are taking place here, all of the preparations, all of the plans for the future that comes with being engaged to be married, to start a family, to build a house, and, and all of it like a bolt of lightning comes to a screeching halt because Mary is pregnant. Mary is pregnant, and she's pregnant, we all know, by the Holy Spirit. But we know that because we live 2,000 years later. We've been telling the story for generations. For Joseph, this is not part of Joseph's plan. Even if he did believe it, how do you even begin to process this? This is not part of his plan. Part of God's plan, we know, but it certainly isn't a part of his. And so it says in verse 20, After he considered this, but after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to notice something. Notice the angel's timing. It says, but after he considered this. After Joseph considered his future, after Joseph considered his hopes, after Joseph considered his plans, after he carefully laid out everything he was prepared to do, the angel came after all of that. The angel came after he considered Mary and considered to marry her and what life would look like together with the two of them. This all happened after. The angel came after they found out that Mary was pregnant. The angel came after he had already considered how to get out of all of it. How, after he considered divorce, after he said, I can't do this. And when I first read that verse, I thought about it for a long time, and I wondered, why did the angel come then? Like, why did the angel come then? Seems kind of late in the game, doesn't it? Like, why didn't the angel come before Joseph considered all this? Like, like, wouldn't it have been more convenient? Wouldn't it have been more compassionate even for the angel to warn Joseph before he got engaged? By the way, this engagement is going to look a little bit different. Or at a minimum, the angel could have come to him before all the sleepless nights. What do I do before the conversations he undoubtedly had with his parents about how the engagement is off? But the angel didn't come then. The angel could have came before he called the lawyer to try to get out of this commitment that they had already started to make. See, in Jesus' day, engagement was more like marriage. It was legally binding. And so it was going to require a divorce. And I wondered as I read this, why did the angel wait until after Joseph considered all of those things? And as I was wondering that, it, it, it came to mind that, that how many times has God done the same thing to me? How often does the same thing happen in our lives as well? I mean, how many times have you considered things and made plans and then in an instant everything changes? And if you haven't had that experience up until this point, you're living in the year 2020, you have now welcome to the club. I don't know what took you so long to get here. But I thought about this for days. And I was trying to think, what's the... What's the deeper meaning? Like, is there an aha moment to why the angel waited until after all of that? There's got to be something. But then it dawned on me that maybe there isn't. Maybe there isn't an aha moment in the sequence of events. Maybe this just is. Maybe I just don't know why. 
And so if you're looking for a pastor on Christmas that knows the answers to all of the why questions, you found the wrong pastor because, because I'm sorry to disappoint you, but sometimes, sometimes we're not able to answer questions. Sometimes I don't have the answers to questions that you have any better than you do. I don't know why God waits until after. But see, once I accepted that, once I realized that I might not know that, then I did have an aha moment. And the aha moment was that it led me to what I do know, that what God does next is he sends his son. What God does next is he sends his son, and what that teaches us is that Christmas interrupts our plans with hope. Christmas interrupts our plans with hope. It's after Joseph considered all of this that the angel says, do not be afraid. It's after his plans are shattered. It's after the future is thrown into chaos. It's after Joseph has considered everything in his power to control the uncontrollable situation before him that God says, I am with you. I am with you. You can't see it now, but don't be afraid because I have a good plan for you and for Mary and for this child. And friends, when I think about it, if there's anything that you and I need to hear from God on Christmas 2020, I think it's that he's with you and me too. He's with us. And he wants to interrupt our plans with hope as well. Look at verse 22. All this took place to fulfill What the Lord had said through the prophet generations ago, the prophet Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, which isn't God telling us that he's with us. It's us saying God is here. God is with us. And every Christmas when I sit down to write my Christmas sermon, no matter what's going on in the world, it always seems to end in that same place. Emmanuel, God with us. Maybe because I just can't get past the fact that on Christmas, God sent his son to be with us. So that no matter what our questions are and the answers that we still don't have, we can know for sure that God is here with us in the midst of all of it, with us to fulfill his plans in us. About a month ago, our church family lost one of our dear friends, Gib Fry. Uh, He was 91 years old. He lived a long and proud life. He even made it to the 65th wedding anniversary of he and his wife, Jane. Um, As a matter of fact, they were married 65 years and two hours when he passed away on December 4th. And it was a few weeks before that day. He was very sick. And so we were praying for him as a family. Every night we pray as a family with our kids. And I said, we need to pray for Mr. Gibb. And our three-year-old Sophie, she said, Daddy, what's wrong? And he had a weak heart, but I wasn't sure how to describe that to a three-year-old. So I thought about it and I said, Mr. Gibb's heart is sick. And she thought about that and she considered it. And after a minute she said, but Jesus is not sick. And the reason she said that was because even at three years old, she knows that Jesus lives in Mr. Gibbs' heart. She knows that Jesus lives in Mr. Gibbs' heart. And because of that, she knows that while his heart might be sick, that Jesus who lives inside of it is alive and well. And I thought, man, maybe she understands better than I do that a broken heart is an opportunity for hope because What we celebrate is that when Mr. Gibb died on December 4th, 
Jesus interrupted his death with life. Jesus interrupted his death with life. And friends, the story of Christmas is that God wants to do the same for you and me as well. Whether it's your heart that's broken or your plans or your relationships, God wants to interrupt 2020 with hope. And and I may never know why he allows us to go through such painful seasons as we've been through this season any more than I'll ever fully understand why God decided to send the angel to Joseph after he considered all of these things. But I do realize that, that while I may not know why, I do know what God does next, that Christmas interrupts our plans with hope. And the best part of this year might be that we can allow him to interrupt our plans right now by opening up our hearts to receive the hope that only he can give. And so would you join me as we open up our hands and as we pray. Lord God, we just want to thank and praise you that you are with us, that that is the story of Christmas, that the divide of our sin and the brokenness in this world was a divide that was far too long and deep and wide for us to be able to possibly cross to be with you. And so you came and crossed it to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And so I pray, God, that that for those of us who need to receive that hope, that that we would have the faith and the strength to, to let go of whatever it is that we have been holding on to instead that we would let go of our best laid plans, that we would let go of controlling what seems to be an uncontrollable world, uncontrollable chaotic circumstances in our lives, that we might allow your hope into our broken hearts, our broken lives, our broken bodies, our broken relationships, that you might interrupt us with the hope of your presence. God, I pray that that would be true for each person who's coming before you now, that they would know that you are with them. That is the story of Christmas. That is the hope of the gospel, that you are a God who loves us so much that you came to be with us and you're with us now. Thank you. It is in your name we pray. Amen.